0: In today's podcast, Ryan and I discuss choosing the right company to practice the infinite banking concept with, the fact that bigger is not always better, and things to consider in business relationships. We hope you enjoy, and we appreciate you listening. Okay, welcome to the Banking with Life podcast. My name is James Nethery. I'm Ryan Griggs, your co-host. And we're happy that you're here. We're happy to be here. Thanks for tuning in. We're having fun and, and uh, hope you do too.
1: Today we're discussing uh, a question that I get frequently. I'm sure you get it. Uh, people who have begun investigating the infinite banking concept, they're probably a little further down the road towards, um, and towards an application. They've, they've done some of their own homework. Um, they're wondering, uh, which company should I use? All right, so we're talking today about choosing the air quotes right company. Um, and the, que- the, the pre- presumption that I find out there uh, is that we'd wanna go with the big names. Uh, and I don't care, I don't mind saying it. New York Life, Guardian, Northwestern, Mass Mutual, the recognizable names uh,
0: because bigger's always better. You know, I'm glad you said that, and you named them. So, you know, you hear, I hear, I have seen. You know, and and listen, I appreciate the emails and the uh, messages. Uh, it seems lately. So this is this is April 2019, right? And so over the last couple of months, I've you know heard uh, big four, big four, gotta stay with the big four, stay away, and and that's just recently. I mean, years years ago at the Nelson Nash Institute, an annual think tank. You know, you have some um, been out of shape agents or advisors saying the same thing. You know, it's like, oh, don't use any of those smaller companies, and um, you got to save with the big one. The next crash is gonna, you know, wipe everything out except these big four mutual companies. And and uh-huh. <laughs> and it's like, my God, get a hold of yourself, man. You know, they've been around a uh, hundred hundred years plus. Most of them, all the ones you just named. And, and I noticed that you did leave out Penn Mutual, right? And I'm not married to any of them. I'm married to my beautiful wife, Jana. Okay, I'm not married to an insurance company. But it, it's debatable, you know, in New York life, they say, we're the oldest. Well, you know, the original company or group that started, that developed into New York life, if you go back into the history, which we, you and I, have done quite mm-hmm. a bit, going back into the history of life insurance and mutual companies, um, it's i i can't i have yet to see clearly who's older new york life or penn mutual and maybe they've you know seceded penn mutual is like no yeah new york Life's older than us because they bought this smaller company before you know we bought this smaller company and developed i'm just saying don't leave out why 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 do you have to say well i mean maybe
1: it matters but maybe it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't maybe i don't really care uh, like nelson well uh, and that's not just that's not to you that's to the whole that's about the whole debate um nelson said that when you do an infinite banking you should accompany get a company that's been around for 100 years minimum 100 years or more and has paid a positive dividend every one of those years that it's been around and so that narrows the field pretty quick beyond that um other things matter right so as far as who's old like the the old thing it's like <laughs> i i don't the what matters for as we'll get into later on what matters for me i think as a consumer of ibc right we practice what we preach too yes right and so what matters for us as individuals who have implemented infinite banking in our own lives is not you know who who got here first right <laughs> none of the companies figured out infinite banking anyway well hey so they've been around longer it's just more time that they have failed to figure out the solution here
0: look i'm not i don't even write for pen mutual personally okay they're a great company i'm not disparaging any company i'm just well, uh, i'm just wondering why they're always left out That's, that was my whole point the big four the big five the big uh, three the big one the big two if size really mattered miss america would be 600 pounds
1: well nowadays they're probably going to have one who is 600 pounds Perfect. because that's fat but she, did, ex- fat she wouldn't get
0: she would not become miss america solely because of her size well that sounds pretty bigoted james oh my gosh well i would hope not <laughs> i mean aren't they well-rounded you know can't they sing and you know their dance yeah. or whatever I'm, oh my wow. gosh i don't want to more <laughs> discriminating <laughs> i'm just saying that bigger is not necessarily better maybe that's a a poor analogy or a poor question. No, I think it's
1: a pretty, I think it's right on point, especially in the age of political correctness.
0: <laughs> I think it's great. Okay, so now we've, we've we're assuming that the listener has gotten past the idea that, uh, or the fact, the truth that you can bank with anything, right? Sure, we're, we're past that. And then Nelson clearly demonstrated, pointed out, discovered. And then demonstrated and pointed out that uh life insurance happens to have every characteristic required for banking right so becoming your own banker with dividend paying whole life insurance mm-hmm. okay and then um I mean from there, it's what company does matter I mean, how do you pick a company? that's a legitimate, fair question is it the one absolutely you, yeah i mean is it the one that you happen to be appointed with to represent and and you're a licensed agent or advisor and um now you're an expert because you have a life insurance agents con uh, license and then you have a contract with the mutual company so does that make them the one that one company to use
1: yeah So, so you bring up a good point it is a good question i'm not saying that this isn't a good question to ask that's why we're covering it it is a good question and people ask it for the right
0: reasons um, well, I'm going to mark off as bigger, or better. Okay, is bigger perhaps, better? Yep. So, the you short answer is that one. Is no, no,
1: it's not. And in fact, as I get into it a little later, it might even be a negative. Um, Maybe, yeah. But you you said a few things in there that I want to touch on. One was that there's other agents out there in the financial world. Some of them who practice infinite banking are practitioners of infinite banking. Who, and some who do not? Well yeah, right. <laughs> Obviously, if some do, others don't, but uh, <laughs> uh, who are attracted. The agents the point is the agents themselves are often attracted to the brand name, uh, to, the, to the large advertising budgets. And I think there'd be various reasons for that. But one of them is to benefit off of the perception out there that bigger is better. So what that means for you as the individual client, if you're hearing that, if, because I know I used to work for one of them ever so briefly.
0: Did you want to mention them here or no? No, it's okay. Okay. <laughs>
1: uh, I I used to work for one, although well, I have said the name, but uh,
0: yeah, one of the big it's four.
1: explicitly in four, the five. presentation. The, if not explicitly, it's certainly implicit that bigger is better. And that's part of the pitch.
0: In the, the presentation from the agent. Right. There's better. That the agent
1: this. is told to teach, told, you know, you're given the script to memorize and then repeat to the individual.
0: Oh, the right? training, the sales training from the life insurance company right. says promote the size.
1: Right. Yeah. And so that's out there. And the that's taken root. Sure. People are, there's some people out there who are about that. Consequently, there's some agents who then adopt it. Because it's an easier sell, right? Rather than going through what we're getting, we this whole episode's dedicated to, in order to determine whether or not the company is right or optimal for Infinite Banking. Okay, uh, so I wanted to touch on that. And You know,
0: I, I must say that that this argument or debate, and the argument would be between the life insurance companies. Right, I'm bigger than you, so I'm better than you. Goes back over a hundred years you know there's uh-huh. there's very few arguments um or debatable points that 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 don't go back a, a hundred m- more than a hundred years right? i mean as we get into the dividend scale and stock mutual direct non-direct and all that this argument of bigger is better is original with the insurance companies sure. just like you know oh they use that in their training now today uh-huh. oh go figure yeah, it must work.
1: Very little is new under the sun.
0: It must work or they wouldn't promote it. right? right?
1: And, and we are talking about various, we should say, mutual life insurance companies. If you're doing infinite banking, let's assume you've already decided not to do business with a stock company. right? Nelson suggested a mutual company. We work with mutual companies. Hopefully you're on the same page if the decision is between mutual life insurance companies, if they're mutual companies that have been around over 100 years and paid a positive dividend in each and one of those years, you can bank with the dividend-paying whole life policy that, is, that you acquire from them. Uh, you'll be able to do so with varying degrees of performance depending upon the design and, and things that go into infinite banking that don't have to do specifically <coughs> with the company, that have to do more with the agent that you're working with, their knowledge and therefore the design of the premium and all the other things outside of the particular company so we are kind of nitpicking here right but it's a it's a question that does come up and oftentimes i find that the we've figured out the individuals figured out that infinite banking is a good thing to do they're ready to go it's just about optimizing the task what i find is that we're not on the right sort of terms of thought, right? We're not thinking along the right or the right lines, right? And so, one example of that is is the bigger brand better? Well, not necessarily. But there's others, right? Does the company sell Universal Life? Okay. as a for me, as a policy owner of a mutual of a, of a dividend paying whole life policy, you're also a company owner. Because
0: it's mutual. Because it's mutual. Right.
1: All right. So, do you want to own a company that's putting, that's selling universal life?
0: I don't know. Universal life is very profitable for a life insurance company right. and the agent that writes it.
1: Yeah, it's not a deal breaker by any means. It's just another one of those things to think about.
0: No, that would that's almost like a moral question, mm-hmm. right? Would I want to write a company with a company that writes universal life? If I'm if you're if you're writing, um. Mutual policies, right? Not universal life policies. You're writing whole life policies with the mutual company. Is, it, I mean, does it matter to you personally? And that's a legitimate question.
1: Oh, for, in a, it's one of those things where it's not necessary, but I prefer it. So if the option's available, I'm taking it all day,
0: right? The company that does not write the universal life, right? I got it. Yeah,
1: everything else equal. Mm-hmm. If everything else, the two companies are the same in all regards. One sells universal, the other doesn't
0: does that we'll ever happen are all things ever equal no
1: but that's okay. the way to think about <laughs> it is to isolate the one variable right. and uh so and then it just so happens the company i preferred doesn't sell universal life but
0: um yeah okay i mean that was a that's, that's a fair question and to me personally i don't care what a company writes if it's a mutual company, well run mutual company, a hundred years old, very stable, you know they pay a dividend, there's a history of dividend payments, and there's a history of dividend payments <laughs> listen mm-hmm. and uh, and they don't play games with their dividends, and I say quite often that you know I'm being lazy in my language when I say that some companies are are some companies play games with their dividends right we can talk mm-hmm. about that but so we have a mutual company they're writing whole life insurance policies and they're writing universal life policies um wow I'm, I'm i'm okay with the company being profitable because i'm an owner you know maybe the advisor and the agent they determined that a universal life product was the best for them in whatever situation they're in um I'm okay with that. So imagine but those circumstances. When it, I can't either. I'm just saying, <laughs> I I practice in the infinite banking world. Yeah. Right? Point um, taken. Okay. And and I want to do business with a profitable company. It's just like term insurance. Most of most of these companies write term insurance, right? Yeah. And is that profitable for the insurance company? Yep. I, I'm gonna. I don't know, but I'm gonna find out which is most profitable in the portfolio of an insurance company: term or universal life. Mm-hmm but I bet it's neck and neck.
1: Yeah. I, I Point taken. Company can sell universal life. It's not disqualifying, but I don't prefer it. Well, you it's should a bad have, product and the, the executive shouldn't get behind it.
0: I, I, um, I completely agree with yeah. that. And you should not be practicing the infinite banking concept with universal life. I mean, let's be clear about this, right? Because there are, you know, quote unquote, Nelson Nash Institute NNI practitioners that Probably sell, or represent, or place universal life, right? Equity index universal <laughs> That's life. Too bad. It is too bad. They so have an opportunity it, to stop and, doing that. <laughs> right, you have an opportunity, right? And then, and then, let me say that, um it, you know, across the North America, I think there's over thirty five thousand licensed life insurance agents. Hundred thousand. Three hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I should be better with numbers, shouldn't I? okay 300 (laughs) there's a lot of them yeah a ton of them and because they have a life insurance license um that does not make them qualified to practice the infinite banking concept Mm -hmm. right and so you see even outside of the nelson nash institute is where the majority of this goes on in my opinion in my experience where oh, Universal Life does everything that, that you need to do with the infinite banking concept, so you should be um, owning Universal Life insurance. I mean, it's a, it's a real legitimate problem, mm-hmm. in my opinion, like I said. Okay. Um, and I didn't want to throw you off track there. That's okay.
1: But as far as choosing the right company is concerned, it's a consideration. It's one of my considerations. Maybe it's not yours, but it is for me. Um and, and, you, and I you respect did, your. And you did mention dividends, and that's one of the way that one of the ways in particular that these big name companies uh, do play games with numbers is by advertising their gross dividend yeah. payment or yeah, the they, rate, or whatever the, the dividend
0: scale. They all publish their, their dividend scale, right? Right. And so, oh, I pay six point one. We've got ten, fifteen. We've we've got this, you know, tremendous history of paying high dividends. Mm. Um, and then I see a lot that there's a focus on the dividend scale and the dividend history. That's a problem. That's a red flag. Why? Because that's a gross number to begin with. It's not net, net, net to the policy owner, Yeah. right? They, if your company's paying six and this company's paying four point one, four and a half, whatever right. it is, but we look on, and I digress a little, but when you look at a life insurance illustration, right, there's, you know, 15, 20 pages, whatever. When you get to the to the details, the columns of all the numbers, premium, cash value, death benefit, dividend, there's two sides to that ledger. On the left is a guaranteed side of the ledger. On the right is the non-guaranteed side of the ledger. On the right, the non-guaranteed component is the dividend because the dividend is not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now we're in the life insurance world of mutual companies, and we're getting down to um the dividend right rate the dividend scale so one company can publish a higher dividend than another company, but you look on the left side of that ledger on the guaranteed side, and they're 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 typically very close. The difference shows up in the non guaranteed side mm-hmm. all right well. Help me out with that. If one company is illustrating six and the other company is illustrating five, right, but the left side of the ledger, one may be ahead of the other two. I mean, they're typically pretty comparable mm-hmm. as far as values. Um, the one that the, you find this situation quite often, the one that illustrates a higher dividend is a lesser value on the guaranteed side. Does that even make sense to you? Nope well, there's some shenanigans going on.
1: Yeah. My point when it comes to advertised dividend scale is I don't care. I don't either. I do not care. And it's unfortunate that companies so strongly vie for customers based on that number because it does not matter. Um, first of all, on one level, there's only so many places in the world for these institutions that collect significant amounts of money to allocate their and invest their capital. Only so many in the world. And it could be the case, but it's probably not that uh, these certain companies can acquire these genius-level uh, individuals who have special knowledge about what to invest, and the other companies don't. Uh, even if that were true, it's probably not likely to uh, sustain itself over time, right? Mm-hmm. That So it's going to roll over anyway. Uh, if you look historically, dividend scales tend to rise and fall in in tandem with each other uh the the order of the companies who pay the highest at a given point in time will shuffle right at some point in time one company will pay the have a high advertised uh gross dividend scale and then at other times they'll be at the bottom of the heap Uh, so it fluctuates it's another distraction it's another look as a as a owner of a dividend-paying mutual life insurance policy, you're a part owner of the mutual insurance company. An insurance company, like any other company, is making money, right? That The, the money they make, the positive financial performance is paid back to the owners of the company through a dividend. What that dividend is going to be is what it's going to be. They're out there to do well for themselves, provide for their families just like you are. And over time, it's going to work out. Right. They're going to, life insurance companies has been around a long time, over a century, made money every single one of those years. They figured something out. Right. Mm, go figure. Yeah.
0: You know, in the, since you mentioned that, that, you know, over a long period of time, they, there's not one company over another that has this esoteric knowledge and where to place their capital mm-hmm. to get the greatest rate of return. And they're very limited, let's just say and be clear, that they're very limited to where they put that capital to work. Yep. If I pay a premium, that company has to put the money to work to meet their future obligations. Yep. Right. And the future obligations of a life insurance company is the death benefit, and it is the cash value. Mm-hmm. So any point in time, I can look out into the future, and and I know what I can walk away with if I got mad and quit. And then any point in time in the future, if I died, I'd know what my beneficiaries would see receive in the death benefit. Those are guaranteed obligations to the insurance company. So when you pay the premium, they have to put that money to work to meet the future obligations, right? And now if you, if you think about this, and I'm just gonna extend your point because it was a great point, that when we pay premium, and we're not depositing money. I want to be clear about that. We're not depositing money. We're paying a life insurance premium. That company has to put that money to work. All right. <clears throat> now, um, the dividend is paid from the positive experience, the positive financial experience of the insurance company. They, and they pay the dividend, right, to the owner. And, and uh, if you're smart, it would be paid directly into the paid-up additions rider of your policy. Okay, just to continue to increase the efficiency of the policy. Okay, now we're looking at life insurance. Life insurance should be looked at over a long time period. If, it, if it's my life insurance policy, I should at least consider it over my whole lifetime. Do I know when it is? No, but I have a good idea and I have, you know, hopes and desires to be healthy and live a long time. Um, So I have a vested interest. I want that company to do well over a long time is my point. The company is going to manage that money and put that money to work over a long period of time. Okay, that's my point. Over a long period of time. So when you pay the premium, there's no one in the home office that has this esoteric knowledge that, oh, I know where these bonds are that pay the highest rate. They're very limited where they put the money. They're going to put the money. They're going to purchase bonds of various durations. Right. Government bonds, corporate bonds, high-grade corporate bonds, and then high-grade corporate real estate. You know, whatever the bond cost on the market is the cost of the bond on the market. What it costs the insurance company to distribute their products, and at the end of the day, the life insurance agent is nothing but a distribution method to the insurance company. Just if you go buy life insurance through a bank it's a distribution the bank right if you go to the brokerage house and buy life insurance through the brokerage it's a distribution right the general agent the independent or the ga general agent system their distribution methods mm-hmm. they all had the same cost right and so it cost every life insurance company the same to distribute their product they get the same rate of return because they're buying the same bonds mm-hmm. right now you know, your guys at your home office may be a little smarter than my guys or lucky or they're living right or whatever, and you might get a great, fabulous real estate deal that I didn't get and because, you know, you are paying attention, you had access to capital, and the guy who has access to capital gets a deal. Right. You might've, you know, learned about it sooner than I did. My whole point here is that they're doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're distributing the product, they're investing, to meet the future guaranteed obligations, all of the costs are the same. We use the same mortality tables. They're using the same underwriting, right? If we're all legitimate, and not playing games, so shouldn't the values toward you know shouldn't it shouldn't the shouldn't the uh, the equalized over time the cash value shouldn't it, shouldn't it go to the means the middle
1: yes all right that's no that's good that's that's all that the he once told me that life insurance is perfectly priced it is and it's perfectly priced because mortality statistics are you know with the law of large numbers you can learn down to the not the particular individual but down to the single digit down to the tens place how (coughs) many people out of a given group of say 10,000 are going to pass um Life insurance companies can't change that. They all use the same mortality tables. Um, the 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 point here is that you're not going to f- your selection of a life insurance company should not revolve around a particular number that's put out, like a dividend like or a gross dividend. the
0: size, right? And and you you had referenced kind of earlier the things that go on that. Um the agent can manipulate. The agent has control of the structure. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, you didn't use that terminology, but um, structure is extremely important, right, right. And then what the the consumer, right, the pers- the perspective person that is investigating the infinite banking concept, what they may not be aware of, and what um, sad to say, of the agents across the country don't know how to properly structure a policy, in my opinion. And I'm not just talking about, oh, we can wait more to the PUA than we do to the life insurance portion, you know, Mm -hmm. the whole life, okay? Um, And I'm saying – I want to bring this out. Um, Excuse me. I want to bring this out because um, just like, you know, you hear – And the industry just jumps on size, you know, the dividend scale. The agents jump on this idea of you know, if you're not 85% liquid in the first year, Mm. it's not done correctly. Mm. If you can't go cash on cash premium to cash value in three to five years, the agent doesn't know what he's talking Mm -hmm. about or he's trying to make more money, you know, trying to make a high commission, and it's hogwash. Right? You cannot if you look in Nelson's book, the first book, Becoming Your Own Banker, right? Published in 2000, revised or amended in 2010. At the behest of whiny agents, he amended in 2010. And what I'm talking about there is equipment finance, illustrations one through five. He added the sixth illustration in 2010, and it speaks directly to this, right? So Nelson's presenting his 10-hour seminars all across the country, um, really from the 80s. But the book was printed in 2000 so between 2000 and 2010 agents are you know giving nelson a hard time saying hey you can't do that you know you cannot you, you cannot do that today." interest rates came down it which caused the dividend scales to right. come down right so he was illustrating in equipment finance going cash on cash in the fourth year which means premium in total, cash value cumulative equal. premium, right. cumulative premium, cumulative cash value, mm-hmm.
1: right? Or so very, wait, the year in which the net cash value equals or exceeds the cumulative premium, yes. Is the cash on cash year, right. right? And then equipment financing happens in year four, correct? Right? In
0: illustrations one, two, three, four, and five, mm-hmm. couldn't do that because doesn't uh, happen anymore. Doesn't happen, and it and it it couldn't be done, you know, in two thousand eight, nine, and ten, right? so nelson created illustration number six which should be compared to illustration number two because it is illustrating a loan as well the same cash flows yeah. same cash flows and it caused the owner the policy to have to pay one more year in premium before cash values cumulative cash values equal total premium paid mm-hmm. and so here we are nine years later yeah. and you know what interest rates have done and right down near the ground, uh, artificially, so which causes a whole bunch of other problems. Do we have a podcast on that? Mm-hmm. Okay, and then it, it's also caused the dividends to come down. Mm-hmm. Right, so you have agents that are, in my opinion, they're just playing games with numbers on a page because you have to contort. I mean, it's. An, I mean, my God, you got to be a contortionist to do some of the things that I've seen illustrated, and they look really good. These illustrations, or where you're trying to go cash on cash in day two right, I'm being facetious, where they try to illustrate a, a policy going total, premium, cumulative premium, cumulative cash value, trying to get equal in years two, three, four, five. And the contortion that has to take place to make that happen is not beneficial to the policy owner. Mm-hmm. but it's very difficult for the consumer to see that or understand why you know why that looks too good to be true you know um and it's violating several principles in my opinion to yeah. even do that but it speaks directly to and this really deserves its own podcast Sure so it does i digress <laughs> is that is that like quit james <laughs> Okay, I'll just leave it there, and we'll, we're gonna. I mean, to that's all
1: true. The structure of a policy is a, something that matters substantially. It's why you're bringing it up. That is not about the company, in particular, right? No. So that's something that does certainly does matter when you select an agent, when you select who you're going to work with to implement Infinite Banking, uh, and it matters much more than does say choosing the right company. Right, so to put everything in context, choosing the right company, making sure that you have the proper mutual insurance company with which to infinite implement infinite banking, the quote unquote right company matters much less than something like what you've just gone through, which is structure, right? Or right. dividend or size. And on, on <coughs> size, one other uh, point I wanted to make is that, and I kind of got this from you is that, uh, it, with these large firms that have hundreds of thousands or tens of, however many people they have on their books in terms of both agents and clients, right? You're just a number on a page.
0: Right? No question. Who?
1: When the agent calls in, they don't know who they're talking to. Who? Right? They don't know the names of the underwriters or the uh, people processing new business. Right? So though it may be counterintuitive, a small or medium sized company that has less staff, fewer clients, fewer agents, where you do know the maybe the agent does know the uh, the executive staff they do know the underwriters and the and the people uh, processing the business you and you might even go nuts and say that may, maybe the staff there actually practice infinite banking themselves.
0: Oh, now you're gonna hit a third rail.
1: That's not a third rail. If, if you want to, if I'm gonna do infinite banking, it might be nice to do it with a company that is operated by people who themselves have implemented infinite
0: banking if i'm a consumer shouldn't i wouldn't that just be a given that the people in the home office have their own life insurance if i'm if if i'm gonna buy life insurance i mean wouldn't i just isn't that do i even have to give that a second thought that the people in the home office own life insurance
1: you would hope so you would think
0: no of course but oh my gosh that's so not true
1: right
0: there's well, and you pointed it out one time uh, in a discussion that we had had about the uh, Mech hearings in the week um, defense that the life insurance industry yep. presented.
1: So the modified endowment contract hearings in the eighties. Yep.
0: And, and you know, so I digress a little, but the uh, it is very important the the company's um, opinion how does the company view this idea of the infinite banking concept? It's extremely important, Mm -hmm. right? And I don't care what size the company is, if they don't like that particular type of business or they look at it like it's a gimmick Mm -hmm. or a sales method, um, you know, like the redheaded stepchild,
1: may not. That's going to affect your relationship with them. And this is a policy you're going (laughs) to maintain and operate for hopefully a very long time
0: wait you mean you have a guaranteed right to demand a loan but i have six months to process it Mm -hmm. mm-hmm you know there's um the company's opinion of the infinite banking concept should matter the company's opinion of a of a how a policy is structured does matter all right yeah i'm trying to think of an example it's like if you went to a
1: like, if if you were a redhead and you went to a doctor that didn't like redheads, it's like, why would you? Why would you go? Why by? would you go? <laughs> yeah, I, you know? Right. Um, if, okay, you, so if you want something done specifically and you want it done the right way, you should go to somebody who, a company that's open to it. Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah and maybe even embraces it right. for the right reasons.
1: So the last yeah. thing that I had on here is uh, direct versus non-direct. And mm-hmm. we don't have to dive into it. We could talk about it all day. But... Uh, is
0: that like a cue for me not to, like, go down a rabbit hole? I mean, if you interpreted <laughs> it that way, but
1: I'm just saying it's a, it is its its own topic. But yeah, No question. Uh, of course, we both prefer non-direct recognition companies. Uh, so just to lay out the difference, a direct recognition company will directly recognize an outstanding policy loan. So if you have cash value, you've borrowed against it, With a policy loan, you've got an outstanding balance. If you carry that balance one year to the next, the company reserves the right to reduce your dividend. They're directly recognizing the fact that you have an outstanding policy loan balance.
0: And so they'll either not pay the dividend or reduce the dividend. Right. right, Or play games. It's out of your control.
1: They have the authority to do what they will in that situation. Whereas a non-direct recognition company does not do that. They're gonna treat your dividend the same as they would whether you have an outstanding policy loan or you don't.
0: So they pay the dividend at the end of the year whether there is a loan outstanding or not. Non-direct recognition mm-hmm. company.
1: Right. And, and for me, the reason that it comes down to for the non-direct and because there's people out there who play with the numbers and you know direct recognition companies will say that they get a better dividend so that makes up for it when they reduce the dividend anyway. Well, then my gosh, why do it in the first place? But, uh, it, And you can calculate all sorts of things to make them look the same and all that, but for me, my background, what it comes down to is that uh, direct recognition companies amounts to improper pricing of loans. Uh, the cost of the loan is the interest rate, and that's the cost of the loan, period. Uh, there's For there to be an additional cost, uh, an, an additional hurdle uh, to taking out a policy loan in the form of a reduced dividend payment, to me makes no sense. The life insurance the 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 policy owner from the perspective of the company is just another potential investment opportunity. They're going to give you a policy loan or they're going to go buy a parcel of real estate, right? It's just another place to allocate their funds and earn a return that they need to make their to make good on future uh cash values and death benefits. But with those other investments, they're not twice penalizing them, right? They're not charging an interest rate and then, I don't know, driving by and asking for extra payment. You know, there's just an interest rate.
0: If there's a balance on that next year, I'm gonna, you know, require you to pay a higher interest rate on that loan, <laughs> right? <laughs> or or driving by, and, hey, can I have one more? It doesn't <laughs> make sense. It just doesn't make sense to me,
1: and so I don't care what you do with the numbers on the page to make them look the same. Uh, you know, someone's going to have to address that before you ever move me on the non-direct. Well, let, thing. let's
0: let's consider this, right? Because um, let's say I'm looking at companies, and I've decided on a big company that has a great big published dividend scale, um, and in history, you know, they have a history of high dividend scale publications, and and maybe they paid them, maybe they didn't. <laughs> okay, but. Now it's right down to direct recognition and non-direct recognition, and and I'm going to make a decision, you know, everything else I'm okay with, the size, the structure, you know, the dividend, the age, the financials, direct or non-direct. Now, I don't know about you, but just for me and my thinking and my clients, I'm going to use that money collaterally, the cash value right? Because I'm an entrepreneur and I run a household and mm-hmm. I run a business and I need access to capital. All right. So the access to the capital the cash value is very important. Now, I don't know, someday I'm going to grow old and maybe I don't want to buy the next piece of real estate or whatever that looks like. And and I just want to you know go off to the Florida Keys drinking my ties like A.O. Williams. And I want passive income. That actually sounds good. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Passive income now contractually i have the right i can either withdraw the cash value right up to my basis and not pay any taxes on it um then i can switch to loans once i've reached my basis because loans are tax-free would a dividend being paid or not paid on that outstanding loan affect my income in retirement yes if the company is going to reduce the dividend on an outstanding loan in my retirement that I'm counting on in passive income and drinking the Mai Tais off the Florida Keys, mm-hmm. then I don't care what kind of games you play with numbers on a page. I mean, that's just, I, I don't have to be a, uh, I don't care. I mean, I do not even have to be an engineer to say, yeah, a dividend matters. matters. And a dividend matters.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, and I, I, I tell people that it's just like the purpose of becoming your own banker is to reclaim control of capital. And doing business with a direct recognition company just invites one more aspect of loss of control back into the situation.
0: Yeah. So and it's really interesting watching the executives of life insurance companies. <laughs> Contort to themselves indirect. to justify it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so what really matters then, when it comes down to implementing the infinite banking concept and choosing the right company? What really matters? Ryan Griggs, go.
1: The company needs to have been around for over 100 consecutive years. They ought to have paid a dividend for every one of those years. Uh, A small to medium sized company is preferred because there's a greater likelihood that your agent and maybe, maybe even perhaps you yourself are gonna have a better experience interacting with the company. Um, they ought to be open to the infinite banking concept, uh, or at least not explicitly hostile to it, uh, <laughs> which many of them are. Now, of course, it should be mutual and not a stock company, uh, so that policy owners are part company owners. And um, the, if, if, it's, if you know or you can get the information, the staff there ought to be uh, owning life insurance themselves, preferably policies designed for the infinite banking concept. Uh, Because if they're doing it, then it'll be much easier for them to interact with you when you maintain your policy, when you request policy loans, repay them back, that kind of deal. Um, If you can find out from your agent if the company explicitly supports the Nelson Nash Institute, that would be cool. Uh, The Nelson Nash Institute hosts an annual event where it's called the Think Tank. And uh, a handful of of companies appear there. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm gonna say this, too. Um, Sadly, Nelson Nash passed away in March of 2019.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. One representative from one company went to that, went to the service. And I don't know if we want to say who it is,
0: but... um, uh, you know, probably not, but yeah. you know, that was, uh, I mean, I'm there, right? You're there. I'm side eyeing. I'm, I am literally at the service for the right reason. Don't misunderstand me. I wouldn't have missed it. But, you know, I'm side eyeing who's there and who's not there. Yeah. I mean, it's quite clear there's one, one, one company for the, uh, for what Nelson Nash has done for the life insurance industry, and for one company to have a, a, a representation there is despicable. Yeah, it's really awful. But and then okay, so you left out non-direct recognition
1: and non-direct. Yeah, oh sorry, right. we just yeah we just got.
0: And the then and then too, um, an educated agent or advisor I think is very important that can point out the differences Mm -hmm. you know I mean there's you can and you should do your homework there's no question about that but an experienced knowledgeable agent whomever they are should um, be aware of what companies they represent and what can be done with those companies because yeah. all companies are not equal when it comes to product you think oh well whole life insurance is whole life insurance no whole life is not whole life insurance there are a lot of riders that go on uh, g- or come into the uh, equation and, and become part of the structure yeah. and and it's very important the structure is very important which uh, you know i took a side note earlier but and the agent should be knowledgeable enough about the companies that they represent, um, and they should be able to, you know, help you through that, yeah. or
1: and do explain to you why it shouldn't just be an appeal to authority. Oh, oh look no at question. the brand name. Oh, look at the size. Why um,
0: or why not?
1: Well, we right. covered at the very beginning. I mean, it's you have to go deeper than that. If you want to, if you're going to implement Infinite Banking, it's going to be a lifelong deal, and you probably shouldn't make the decision based on superficial reasons that neither you nor the agent understand. Uh, Ooh, well said. Yeah, so uh, regardless of the company you choose, uh, you should at least understand the reasons for choosing that company. And there are other things that matter more, like the structure that you talked about and, and the level of education, your relationship with the individual uh, who's providing the policy. You know, it doesn't hurt to like the person you're doing business with.
0: Uh, uh, who wants to do business with someone, someone they don't like? i don't know it's you know, probably the that. people
1: who email agents and say hey i'm hosting a competition between you can you all send in an illustration that person's asking for a beating, <laughs> <like they're saying. laughs> wow, all right wow. i think we too soon all right no uh, it's always that it will always be fresh in my mind that experience uh all right covered what i wanted to cover for choosing the right company you have anything to add
0: no i've added everything that i wanted to add i've had fun i hope y'all have uh learned something or hope it's beneficial and uh like to see you next time
1: absolutely thanks for watching
0: bye